Welcome to Musician Goes Monk. After a few technical difficulties, we now have Angela, a flow specialist. That was more confusing than I thought it would be. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> well, welcome. Thank you. I'm here now, so that's all that matters. <laughs> it is. What was the best part of your day? Honestly, this this uh, bone broth that I just decided to heat up. Nice. Yeah, I couldn't. I ran out of tea. I had this chai black tea for a while, just sitting around whenever I needed it, mm-hmm. and um, I ran out. So, bone broth was the next best thing. <laughs> it's warm. It is. <laughs> it is. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Life is good. Yeah. What was the best part of your day? Ah, uh, that's a good question. Um. I really enjoyed learning some jujitsu randomly today. Like my roommate's friend came over or my roommate's boyfriend rather came over and just randomly started teaching me some, some knife fighting skills and um, some throws. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, For for the most part, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. (laughs) Okay. Well, that's good. Jujitsu is uh, very, productive and it's one of those like movements that really gets you out of your head but in your head at the same time and teaches you how to like better be connected in your body and your mind i agree like there's great mindfulness that comes with it and it's like you're out of your head with it's like oh there's footwork there's patterns um and like interaction with Mm -hmm. the person that you're sparring i guess Yes, that, I think that's the technology <laughs> too. Um, it's like dancing, but you want your partner to be pinned down. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's not quite like a two-way street there. <laughs> um, it, it is, but it isn't because it's wild because both Kyla and um, the friend Evan who was teaching me kept relating things back to dance because you still have like connection and like using those different pivot points even being aware of where your opponent or partner's footsteps are or feet are yeah mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah i've only tried jujitsu one time uh ooh, one and a half times almost broke my elbow one of the times but Oof. the other one was is was in a more constructive <laughs> educated <laughs> area so <laughs> 10 years later i finally tried it out again <laughs> nice nice might have all been spontaneous um the first one was my friend was like yeah i'll teach you and he starts teaching me he's like oh wait he's actually um he says i'll teach i'll teach you um how to how to knife fight and then he grabs a knife (laughs) i just pulls out a switchblade I have to say, I've never been in a situation where someone starts with a jiu-jitsu move and ends with a knife. It's never happened. (laughs) Rule number seven, expect the unexpected. (laughs) Especially in jiu-jitsu. You never know what will happen. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So what is up? Where Where are you at in the world right now? I'm currently in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm here until the 19th. Then I go to D.C. to teach some blues. Yeah. Very cool. That's awesome. I uh, D.C. D.C.'s been like randomly showing up. I, I'm going to try not to say like as much right now, but um, it's a it's a struggle. 
I will try as well. Yeah, I'm trying to get my language developed and use better words, which I listened to one of Neve's episodes on her podcast and um, she had someone on talking about language development, which I thought it was going to be about how language is changing, pronouns, different things like that. And it Mm -hmm. wasn't at all what that was. It was an episode talking about filler filler words and actually understanding why you're using the words and what they could do to what you're trying to say. So things as simple as, um, um, (laughs) but like, but also always never like, (laughs) um, now it's going to be like bugging every time I say like, but, um, just is also is another one uh because it's limiting it's a limiting yes so just as much as never always just those are all very limiting things so i've been ever since i listened to that episode between neve and her guest i've just been really focused and annoyed at myself with how little i'm paying attention to what words i'm using it's a thing uh, I think it's a great start to um, have that mindfulness and take steps towards cutting those unnecessary words out of your vocabulary and speech. Right. Absolutely. I didn't realize how often I use just. That's so, it's so, uh, I don't, I want to say like offensive. It's offensive to yourself. It's offensive to myself because most of the time I'm saying things about myself. I'm like, oh, I ju- I'm just here to, I'm just saying, I'm just, right. like, no, you need to be more confident. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know where we were going with that at all. I just went on a, down a rabbit hole. It, it's, it's a good one because I learned, a, yeah. I learned that very same lesson from Neve when I was doing my podcast with her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we ended up redoing oh. it because we said like so many times. Uh, oh my goodness. That's what I would do. I would listen to it and now I have to be very aware. No, you're doing great. <laughs> I'm hypersensitive <laughs> to it now. So I would have already noticed if you were doing it a lot. <laughs> Thank God. I'll listen to podcasts and I'll, I can hear when people use filler words. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm very... I really like listening to podcasts and listening to how people interview, what kind of questions they use and how well the conversation flows. Cause there are some podcast people and just speakers in general who are not good with their flow of conversation. Gotcha. Um, which I, I'm wondering if I'm one of those people that could like, cause I, I listen to one with a, like a celebrity on it and they just, plowed through the conversation Mm -hmm. the entire time just talking and talking and then there's other ones where someone doesn't talk enough or it's just interesting it's interesting to hear how people interview and I collect a lot of little nuggets of how I want to go about my conversations through these podcasts nice it's good that you mentioned questions because I actually have been gathering icebreaker questions Uh, I've been gathering them for years just that I say to people that I want to, or I ask to people that I want to get to know better or to my guest speakers, just having an assortment of questions. Mm-hmm. And so. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite icebreaker question so far? My, my default one is if you were a candle, what would you smell like? 
Mm. Yes. I, I remember answering this one pre before and um, I believe marinara sauce is included in that. Right, right. Uh, marinara sauce and like snuggly blankets. Mm-hmm. I think you said like fresh laundry or something like that. <laughs> yeah, like like cozy, something cozy. Uh, because your candle doesn't, I mean, they have crazy candle scents now. So you right. could have it smelling like a daisy and still label it marinara on a Monday. Ah, you know? <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> that's that's another song marinara on monday <laughs> about all the things that you're covering with marinara sauce yes i love i love pasta <laughs> sauce. just red sauce though I, I i can't really get down with the cream sauce you know oh. i don't know um you said your candle previously was a, a woods of sort or I can't remember something nature. The woods first thing in the morning with a hint of warm summer rain. That you have that like tattooed on your arm. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's oh, tattooed on my soul. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. So woods in the morning with a hint of what? Warm summer rain. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Nice, right? Ooh, it just brought me back to my mom's porch ah. in, in the North Carolina summer. It's just a little bit cool in the morning, but it's, it's like foggy and muggy because it just rained too. But in the best way, you got the chimes going with all the chime noise. Yeah, ah, nice. Mm-hmm. So yeah. speaking of your mom and marinara, I've been hanging out with um <laughs> my friend who's Italian. <laughs> no, not yet. I need to. I should. Is your mom still in VA? <laughs> She she's in North Carolina, but she Dang she's it. a wild animal. She'll be in Virginia. She, I bet she'll be there before you leave. <laughs> I'm gonna Go find on. her. So been... <laughs> I'll let her know. <laughs> no, let her be surprised. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. No, those are the best times to to uh, meet you. When it's a surprise. That and when your hips are moving. Those are the two best times. <laughs> oh. So you you were talking about something in marinara. You were hanging out with someone. Yes, so I've been learning a lot about like Italian cuisine. And so I want to start by asking you, what are some of your favorite dishes that your, your mom has made or passed on to you? Mm. Well, my mom gifted all of my siblings and I our own individual cookbooks Wow. that she had been working on for the last couple of years that just included, <laughs> she had photocopied, just included, um, she photocopied a lot of the handwritten recipes that she had collected over the years and printed them on these little sheets of paper that were part of the recipe book. Mm-hmm. And it didn't include all of the things that we're used to, but she, or that we grew up with, but she included a lot of, like crowd favorites um and then she left a lot of empty pages for us to write in and add to our own because i think that she had a lot of us asking for different recipes for christmas or birthdays and whatnot Mm -hmm. so she wanted to put it was probably because she was getting annoyed with (laughs) every year they ask every year they ask for this damn marinara sauce recipe (laughs) exactly exactly so um i'm trying to think so the, the biggest thing, the biggest one that I think she included in that recipe book, which it's not really needed because we all know it by heart, is uh, a green bean 
salad hmm. that we would always have with our pasta. We we grew up uh, anytime we had food, it had to be ha- it had to have greens on the side. It had to have mm-hmm. some sort of salad, some sort of veggies, and so the green bean salad you just get a number ten can. If you know if you've ever been to Costco or Sam's Club, that's a humongous can. You, you get two of those if you feed a whole <laughs> family as far as veggies go. Um, but you just have these, like, I think they're French styled, French cut green beans. And you just, uh, you put it with like this homemade vinaigrette salad dressing. We didn't grow up with salad dressing a lot. We just made our own, which is amazing looking at, I, I have trouble buying salad dressing now because of all the crap that's put in regular yeah. salad dressings. Um, so we, we grew up with just jugs of oil and vinegar and combining those, adding a splash of water and a bunch of spices. Brilliant. Um, and just putting that over top of the beans and letting that soak and marinate. Mm-hmm. And so the best time would be a day old bean salad because it's just been marinating in the oil and vinegar. Um, but that's also only for people who like vinegar. we would we would throw green olives in there black olives whatever kind of extra things we had sometimes we do um on on like a summer day if we had like the garden blooming there would be tomatoes and cucumbers and we just leave the beans out so just anything marinated in the in the oil and vinegar and nice yeah so that's and that's a recipe that's made it to family weddings, family receptions. Um, We had a really good longtime friend sign up for making that for a family, for a wedding or something for the rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And weeks later after the wedding, there was this group message with the topic of the green bean salad. (laughs) And my sister-in-law who has adopted our Italian ways and is just green bean salad and pasta whenever she can. She brought up the issue that she had that it just didn't taste the same. And she wanted to get down to the bottom of it. Um, And we found out that our longtime family friend put sugar. (gasps) (laughs) Sabotage. Which is which is like the American thing to do to Italian food. It's like, oh, right, yeah, yeah yes. Oh, spaghetti sauce. Let me just throw some sugar in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but we never brought it up to this friend. She's a dear friend. She's like a mother, grandmother to all of us. But she, she really, she just really missed the mark on that one, you know. And we, <laughs> and everyone knew. <laughs> Kudos to your like detective sister-in-law. I know, I know. I don't know how she figured it out, but she wanted to tell us all. And I was like, you know, I was wondering why nobody had like Tupperwares of the green beans. Like, sound like that. It's so good. <laughs> but yeah, that's a uh, that's one of the recipes I would say that's that's a best known one um, across the board and the easiest. So that's that's nice. Um, another one that's not Italian and super simple. I mean, the green beans isn't really Italian, but is our are the biscuits that my mom used to make and they will they will make your cholesterol skyrocket however <laughs> uh, it's just so much butter it's like you're biting into a <laughs> bar of butter but in all the best ways and then 
you still because they come out of the oven warm so you're like let's just put some butter on it <laughs> right <laughs> more butter on it making it more of a butter soup um but no the the biscuits are just the easiest thing just they're just normal biscuits but there's some there's something and they can be messed up there have been siblings who have messed it up and been like yeah about those cinnamon rolls for christmas morning um <laughs> they're more like cinnamon bars um <laughs> so there's definitely there's this, there's something that my mom, I mean, I think when you've had so many kids and when you've grown up and are an aging adult, like there's just things that you know what to do with recipes and food. And even if that means the windows need to be closed when the dough's rising right. or the, the butter needs to be uh, room temperature or cold, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe for the biscuits, if you don't, if you don't add in cold butter, you might as well just throw it out. Call it a day. Call it a day. But yeah, so those those were always the two of the two of the crowd favorites, the green bean salad and the, the biscuits that could just be eaten all day long. Your your story about biscuits reminds me of my grandma's rolls that she would make on holidays and she had three navy boys. And so when their ship would come into Norfolk they would all be like speeding, racing, taking alternate routes against each other, trying to get home first to get like first dibs on the rolls. Oh my gosh. There's nothing quite like a good dinner roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I uh, have a sister that makes, I, I have a lot of sisters. Have <laughs> you should tell them that. how many siblings you have. <laughs> I have 10 siblings, um, plus me, that makes us 11. Um, not us as a, it's, it's a pet peeve of mine. It's like, how many of you are there? I'm like, did you just, did you think about that question before asking it? Because <laughs> 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 there is only one of me, but uh, there's, um, 11, 11 children altogether, which are all full grown now. All, um, yeah. Wow. Over 18. Yeah. Wow. Met, <clears throat> you met a couple of them when they were little wieners yeah yeah i needed like a bingo card for your family to like just like stamp them off as i met them right because i think i'm pretty sure you've met all of them plus some um although you probably haven't met the nieces and nephews which are they're frightening with how (laughs) it's just a bunch of mini mini like (laughs) moorlands running around it's very (laughs) odd It's so cool, though. It's like an outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> it is cool. I really like it. I, I mean, my nieces and nephews are my favorite children. I, I don't always like children, but when I do, they're my nieces and nephews. They're a little smart. Like, well, they're they're conniving sometimes. They always go through a a manipulative stage, which mm-hmm. I saw in my younger siblings. That was weird seeing yeah. them grow out of that. It's a good thing they grew out of it too. I was about to. <laughs> <laughs> not to lay some facts down on them um but i don't even remember yeah but a lot of siblings um and they're all grown up they're all over the age of 18 the youngest is 18 and the oldest is i have absolutely no idea um maybe if she was born in 85 85 seems to 86 that seems that's six years older than me no, that can't be right. Regardless, <laughs> just between 18 and possibly 40-something. Gotcha. Um, and my 
yeah, my mother raised us all pretty much, um, homeschooling us. So that was an experience. And then I spent my last year in public school, which was also an experience. I bet. <laughs> uh, we've had, we definitely have a mixed, even though they're all 100% by blood siblings, we all have a very mixed way of how we were brought up and how we were educated. And because there's, there's little like sections of the family. So you have like the older girls, the younger ones, and then you have the babies. Right. And so each of those groups kind of got a different experience in their growing up. For sure. I'm sure I'm, I'm also like sure, like similarly to the way that your mother's like cooking probably adapted and matured as she learned short, so did like her raising methods, you know? Oh yeah. Can, if we can go back to the recipe. <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. No, I was just going to mention, but you said something, I feel like my mom was always brilliant, but with, with recipes, um, my grandpa, my mom's dad mm-hmm. was a, an Italian He's where we get the Italian from, but an Italian gourmet chef wow travel for jobs and so he was always in different parts of the country doing extravagant things so he passed away when he was working at the yosemite lodge Mm -hmm. um which was awesome and two of my sisters got to go and work with him for the summer before he passed away nice so yeah that was really cool but um there was somewhere oh um, my mom lived in australia for seven years um, I thought it was like six months until she corrected me one day. She was like, <laughs> I did not live in Australia for seven years. So my daughter could go around saying that I lived there for six months. <laughs> I, like, I will never forget. <laughs> it sounds like her. <laughs> <laughs> she, she got so upset. Like, um, she, she was so it's, it's brilliant because she was, um, she was so great with food with so many people. I don't, I'm like this week, I'm trying not to go to the grocery store and just use food in my Mm -hmm. house. And I found everything that I need. There's no reason for me to be going to the store. I've just been spending entirely too much money at the store, but I started kind of uh, going into my methods of my mother and seeing like what she would make and thinking about what she would make. And one of her meals that she made for lunch, probably more than once, but I just remember it one time is an Australian themed meal, which is toast. So mm-hmm. we would do like whole wheat toast, toast that, and then put not refried beans or black beans, but baked beans, like what you'd have at a summer cookout. Yeah. You'd make baked beans and then you'd put about a spoon or two onto the toast mm-hmm. and eat the toast, which I was weird and I put mustard, like it was a hot dog. It um, makes sense to me though, mustard. Right. Exactly. It was delicious, but that was definitely, so my mom's cooking definitely did evolve, I feel like, but she also stuck to the basics because she knew what worked for a huge family. Right. And so there wasn't too much adjusting because once you figure out, (laughs) honestly, (laughs) if, if I had a kid and I figured out what they wanted to eat, like no wonder why kids eat just like squares of hot dogs and, mm-hmm. and peanut butter and jelly. Like if, if they eat, they eat. <laughs> right, right, right. And if you know that it works, then you give them that or you buy that. <laughs> yeah. If it works, it works. And uh, we luckily, I don't believe any of us were picky eaters. Mm-hmm. So I think that we, I don't know if my mom would agree with this, but she had it easy as far as feeding us. <laughs> we weren't like, give us the 
hot dogs and pizza. <laughs> You're like, okay, tuna casserole sounds good. <laughs> Do you think you want kids when you're older or soon? I, I, I like how you said that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I crossed out another day on my calendar today. Um, <laughs> what are you doing tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> so I actually, I, I believe, a short answer is I believe that perhaps in the future I might have children. Nothing is definite. I've always, I kind of grew up with people. <laughs> I was thinking about this this the other day. I don't recall how many times people ask me this, mm-hmm. but I definitely know it was before the age of 18 because, and that, that just shocks me because after I turned 18, I did not get any more clarity on this, on this topic. But the question was, are you going to have as many kids as your mom did? <laughs> Which I understand why there might be some freaking out when someone now asks me the question, hey, you going to have kids? I'm like, no. (laughs) (laughs) But but before, so when people ask me that question, I I somehow found a clever answer by saying, well, I might try one to see if I like it. Um, (laughs) Nice, nice. Which is great because there's a lot of people who have their entire lives planned and they don't even know if they like childbirth yet. Right. Um, and I might be one of those people that love being pregnant. Like there's people who are surrogates who are just constantly pregnant. My mom being one of the people who are just constantly pregnant. She was pregnant for 20 years straight. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Two decades. Yeah, I know. (laughs) You're like, I know I was there. (laughs) (laughs) I'm only for half of it. (laughs) I'm the middle. So I didn't, but I did experience six of them. So, um, but did you count your own in that? No, no, no. I have six younger. You experienced seven of them. Yeah, technically, if I'm counting my own, I experienced seven of them. <laughs> I only remember a couple where my mom was out rototilling the gar- rototillering the garden at eight months pregnant. Wow, that was only a couple of the last ones. <laughs> they really like gardening now. So. <laughs> <laughs> what a woman. Seriously, I, I don't, I don't have very many memories of my mom not doing anything. <laughs> she was always doing something, and that never mind. I just had a flash of a memory where she was out tanning at like seven months pregnant in our backyard, and she had all of this tanning oil. Like she, she has a darker skin of the. It's like my mom, my oldest, my oldest sister, and my oldest brother have mm-hmm. an Italian skin tone. Yeah, and my mom can just lather up some what do they call it? Coconut baby something like dark tanning oil, <laughs> and she'll just she'll just come back in looking like she had been to the Caribbean for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the only time that I really saw her like relaxing. I think was when she was probably watching the garden, watching over, making sure we were weeding the things properly um, yeah. <laughs> and tanning <laughs> yeah quite a woman what are three things you learned from your mother um, <clears throat> very honest it is it is but we've also talked about this before so and I, I feel like unfortunately for anyone who doesn't 
relate to this conversation is going to be like this this girl won't shut up about her mom because i can't <laughs> i can go like probably hours talking about her um <laughs> three things that i learned from my mom um probably how to be grateful nice how to, how to be grateful um yeah there are definitely moments where I acted like a spoiled brat. Um, this is when I was younger. I don't really know if I had these experiences when I was like in my older teens. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there were a lot of kids. Like we, my mom couldn't go and do everything. So she had to help us realize when we had it good and what was good, even if we didn't get everything we wanted. So and I would like whine and complain about not being able to go over to a friend's house or going to do something. She'd be like, why don't you go into your bedroom sit on your bed with a notepad, look at these Bible verses, but I also want to see 10 things that you've done in the last week. And I know you've, and I'm like, I haven't done anything, mom. I've just been sitting here doing schoolwork and doing laps around the yard for exercise. And she'd be like, no. And she'd list off the top of her head, five different things that I have definitely done in the last week that I can put on the list. Mm -hmm. And I did not even think about those things because I didn't think they were good enough to put on a list. Yeah. So I think through that, I realized like anytime I'm sitting around and I'm like, oh, my life is terrible. I'm not doing anything productive. I'm not doing anything. I'm like, no, I was able to get outside and take a walk yesterday. I had a really great meal the other night. I got to go on a trip two weeks ago. Like I got, I get to like figure out all these, I get to see these things that I feel like a lot of other people just pass by and they start feeling self-pity and have a pity party and they feel like their life is so terrible because they didn't have someone telling them hey you you actually have a good mm-hmm. like you, you actually have the opportunity to do all these things and you have done them and it's okay to just take a breather and not be doing something every moment yeah um <clears throat> so that's number one number two I don't know, probably how to do my laundry. I don't have a lot of clothes that shrink. Mm-hmm. That's that's a more simple thing. Uh, I just know a lot of people who just shrink their clothes constantly, or just. I mean, I do wash a lot. Of, I find tricks. I find like back roads to how to wash. I I get a lot. I buy a lot of clothing that's hand wash only, mm-hmm. which makes me sound bougie, but it's all goodwill. I just I have. I feel like I have fancy fashion and I don't know it until I come home to try and wash the clothes <laughs> and find that they're all hand washed. So um, my mom definitely taught me how to wash clothes. Um, what did she, like, tell me, like, what did she teach you, like, for hand washing or for washing clothing? So people might not know. I just remember, I just remember us having so much laundry. Mm-hmm. Um just constantly I and there is kind of like a secret joke but at the same time we're not sure how true it is that in order to prevent us from having to fold laundry and put it away I I hated putting laundry away I still to this day don't have a dresser and I try not to I like just folding things like in it on a shelf in a closet or hanging it up in the closet Mm -hmm. but there's a theory that we just (laughs) put our clean clothes in the dirty laundry throughout the house to try and prevent ourselves <laughs> from having to put the laundry. So there was just always laundry. My mom had, my mom went out of town with my dad at some point 
or maybe she was having another baby. I'm not sure, but we had the the green bean salad woman um, from the beginning. She came over um, and watched us. <laughs> she came over and watched us. I hope she never listens to this. She'll call me so mad. It's <laughs> fine. But she uh, she came over and at the end of like, four or five days, she's. She all she was doing, she was in the laundry room the whole time. She was persistent about making sure that the laundry was done when my mom and dad got home. And I feel like at the end was a different conversation, but in the middle, she just like broke down. It's like, where is all this laundry coming from? <laughs> she's like, I thought I just washed this. And we're like, no, 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 this is a different one. We get multiples because Walmart. Um, so there's I don't know if we actually did that or not, or if she just was shocked about how many clothes a full family of like 13 could have. Yeah. Um, but we always had a sock basket to this day. I just get rid of unmatched socks because that sock basket haunts my dreams. <laughs> um, we it, Easily 200 pairs of unmatched socks that probably just didn't have matches. And we would have sock matching nights. <laughs> talking about it. it seems a little weird, but it was very exciting. Yeah, sometimes we had chips and cheese and watch like the ride in the background. So, uh-huh. um, yeah. <laughs> but a lot of times we just got ten matches, and then my dad would be like, "All right, everything else goes in the dump." And <laughs> two months later, we'd have a full basket of unmatched socks again. <laughs> it's beautiful. Yeah, it's Sam's Club uh, sock sock bulk yeah 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 i'm familiar but that did not that did not answer the question of what i learned from my mom um i actually want to say one I thing just, before you continue yeah go ahead, go ahead so my my mom like my stepmom who i call my mom she actually taught me how to do laundry and she used to do my laundry until one day she was doing my laundry and she's like wait i just watched this I was like, I couldn't tell if it was clean or not. So I just put it with the dirty clothes. She's like, nope, you're learning how to do laundry right now. (laughs) You can't tell if it's clean or not, then this is your responsibility now. (laughs) (laughs) That might have been what happened. Because I just remember being so young. I was probably six or seven. And after that visit, I want to say that we started doing laundry. It wasn't my mom's responsibility anymore. Um, so it might have it might have been that friend that was like, no, no, you shouldn't be doing this, <laughs> which is which is great because I didn't realize that I was going to grow up and be around so many people. Like it's just a common just common knowledge. A lot of times, people go to college or go off to a career in the military or something, mm-hmm. and they have no idea how to do simple life things like sweep the floor, clean their clothes. Yeah. go to the laundromat or whatever it might mm-hmm. be. I just didn't think that there were people like that because of the responsibility my mom put off on us, which was our responsibility. So I don't remember. I don't remember any specifics. We used to clean. We, she used to put bleach in a lot of laundry, which we don't do that. Like just as a mm-hmm. society, I feel like we don't use bleach a whole lot. Yeah. Um, Only for my whites, if anything, I think. Yeah. See, but I stopped wearing white clothes and buying white towels. Um, <laughs> I did buy a white towel recently when I moved. And Bold move. Yeah, which is funny <laughs> because 
I had some major laundry issues. It made me think I should go visit my mom so I could figure out what I'm doing wrong in my life. <laughs> um, because I had so many laundry issues. I got this white towel and two other towels and I was dumb enough to just throw them all in the same wash. And it's not like I wash my, I don't wash my clothes with warm water. I just feel like it doesn't really encourage the colors to stay true to themselves. So I wash a lot of my clothes with cold water. Mm -hmm. Um, And that could have been something my mom taught me. I don't remember, but I put them all in cold water, all three towels and the white towel came out pink because classic. (laughs) I had a salmon colored towel in there and it was the first time they had been getting washed from target. Mm -hmm. So, um, Another, and then before that, I got a, a cozy blanket from from Ross, and I was super excited, like a mustard kind of yellow situation, just the comfiest looking thing. And have you ever had a blanket that has its, like, the little fabric comes off in balls all the time? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. Um, well, I put this blanket in with my entire load of laundry, of clothes that I would wear on a regular basis, which... Unfortunately, I still wear some dark clothing, but I just, I put all of my clothes in with this blanket and it all came out with little orange, yellow fur balls on all of my clothes to the point that some of them will never, will never not have an orange ball of fabric on them. <laughs> um, so to this day, I still am finding, little, and this was about three months ago. Um, so maybe, maybe I need to revisit with my mom and see what I'm doing wrong. Do you ever use vinegar when you're doing laundry? No, I do use lavender when I have it. So this keeps, this has been coming up in my existence the past, during my travels recently, like first with, when I was spending time with like my Filipina family, um, like my cousin, like she would use vinegar. Um, and then my Navy friend, like even in Virginia, like he would use vinegar. And I, I finally like, caved and was like what's up with the vinegar like why so apparently it locks in the color like for especially for new clothing it'll like set it so if like you have new clothing and you wash it in vinegar it'll help the colors to set and like not bleed out later interesting this is very i didn't think about that i've definitely seen that you do (laughs) i would think that you want to be uh accurate with how much vinegar you're using because uh it could completely destroy your washing machine not in the way of like the mechanics but in the way of the smell anything that you're putting yeah. in the laundry could attach onto the wash machine but mm-hmm. at, when you were talking i did realize i use vinegar and i need to get some white vinegar or apple cider vinegar in bulk um soon because someone suggested it as a cleaning agent true I was uh, cleaning out something and I just wanted something less toxic. Uh, Sometimes I get these urges to be less toxic to my body. Um, Same, same. And so I try to use vinegar as much as I can to clean things Mm -hmm. um, as far as surfaces, uh, fruits and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Um, That's also a really great non-toxic way of washing. Smart. Um, But yeah, vinegar is really good all around. I just forget about it because... I just eat it so much. And then right. when I clean with it, I don't want to eat it. Uh. <laughs> oh, someone and uh, someone has requested to speak. Would, would you like to, is it cool with you if we let them talk? Sweet. That's totally fine. Hey, Sean, what's up? Are you here? 
I wonder if the mute situation is happening with them. Well, I invited him, so if he comes and speaks, then cool. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I only just recently began actually cooking with it. Um, again, my aunt. Like I, so let me let me go back for a second because I um I said um I I've been striving to like perfect my ramen broth right for like a long time. I didn't want to use like the little packets of ramen because you know, like all the MSG and all those other things, you know, all the sodium. Well, yeah, 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 all sodium. Uh, and oh, so yeah. <laughs> one day, my my aunt's like, because my aunt was like bedridden with like stage four cancer, so that's why we were all there taking care of her. And so um, she's like giving us cooking instructions from like the other room. And so um, she she like takes a spoonful of um, the the broth of something. Um, I don't know if it was like the chicken adobo or something, but um, and then she she says a spoonful of vinegar and a spoonful of soy sauce. It balances anything. Yeah. And so like I started adding just that. I, I mean, I started adding that to like my, my, my ramen broth. And I'm like, that's what I was missing. That was like the substance that it was lacking and the depth. Very. I, feel like that makes sense and I'm trying to think I I have a friend who is married to a he has Filipino descent in his family I believe Mm -hmm. nope that's not uh, that's not right at all Japanese I'm so sorry you monster Um, how could you I know I'm gonna cut that out (laughs) nope it's staying No, I'm kidding. Uh, he has Japanese descent because he lived in Japan for a bit with his uh, mom and his dad. But he showed me, I lived with them for a little bit over COVID and mm-hmm. he makes miso on a regular basis and it has a whole Yum. process and <laughs> it's so good. He has a little miso strainer and everything. Um, so I definitely, I didn't realize, I, I just got miso from from a sushi place uh and until i started trying his miso i i just didn't realize what real miso was supposed to taste like so if you ever have the opportunity to actually get the miso paste if you haven't already done so that's a great path to try and just check out um there's some in the fridge right now I haven't got. I haven't quite figured out. There's a difference in like red miso and white miso, and but you you also have the international market there in in Norfolk mm-hmm. uh, that has a lot of the good stuff. So, um, I started getting container like you know how you can get things of bone broth and mm-hmm. whatnot from the grocery store. I found a brand that does miso soup, yeah, uh, or miso broth mm-hmm. and. I I have this one pad thai pad thai microwavable thing that I like to get at the grocery store when I can find it. And instead of putting water in it, I like putting the miso as the base or trying to mess around. Like if I have ramen, I'll try to add different, like if I have a bone broth or something, put that yeah. heat it up and then put it in there. And so it's, I don't think people realize soup and broth, there's a whole other world. It is. <laughs> 
And so you mentioned that you didn't know the difference between white and red miso. So I looked them up really quick. White miso has a higher portion of rice mm-hmm. and, and is for, fermented for like, from like four months to one year. It's milder and sweeter compared to the other types. Red miso tends to have a higher portion of soybeans and is fermented longer um, from one to five years. Oh, wow. What's the length of time for the white miso? Four months to one year. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's got a lot more. Uh, are probiotics something that happen in fermented foods? I would I would assume so, but I am not positive because like that's how we are. I, I think like because part of that is why people are confused. I, I think part of that is why people are wondering how there can't how there can be like vegan um, like alcoholic beverages, you know, because they would need like that stuff in there. I don't know. I'm going to be honest and say I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Now, these are all very, I I love learning about stuff. I feel like the older I get, the more I care about the processes. And it's also with my body changing. I feel like my body's changing every day. It's just kind of crazy experience to be growing up and becoming older because our bodies don't change stay the Mm -hmm. same no matter how much we would like for them to stay the same um and especially especially women there's you know there there could be a moment in time where you just never reach the lower of the weight again or you never see your body in the same shape as it was when you were in your 20s so um yeah it's interesting i've always and i've always um I've always going back to like the child question. Mm-hmm. I've always thought like if I ever wanted to have a kid, I would want to be in the the shape that is conducive to having a kid um, <laughs> as well as the after part of that. So I don't want to be in really bad shape or not be in good shape prior to becoming pregnant because that just gets to be so much more difficult Mm -hmm. to actually get into shape after having a baby. Uh, For sure. Um, I have not had a child. However, I would assume that (laughs) (laughs) from my experience around people. (laughs) To answer your probiotics question, because I Googled that too. The most common fermented foods that naturally contain probiotics or have probiotics added to them include yogurt, um, kefir, kombucha, sauerkraut, pickles, miso, Tempa kimchi, which is delicious, sourdough bread, and some cheeses. Hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I didn't know anything about probiotics before um, I got the flu the November before COVID uh, ran rampant everywhere. Mm-hmm. But I got the flu, and this was when I was getting close with my friend as well as her um, Japanese husband. Mm-hmm. And they brought up probiotics to me because um, I was just so sick and I was trying, I had just started a new job serving in a diner and I did not have time to be sick. So they recommended, uh, what is it? Kefir? Is that what is mm-hmm. that one of the things that you said? Um, they recommended kefir, but also, and I had to look it up. So kombucha, I was getting like a bunch of kombucha. I was getting sauerkraut cause I love sauerkraut. Mm-hmm. Um, but <clears throat> A lot of them have, a lot of it has dairy in it, which I was trying to, I think I was at that time starting to cut out dairy a little bit. So it kind of bothered me to want probiotics, but a lot of it had dairy. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's when I got kimchi. I had a thing, kimchi in the fridge. Um, 
And I don't know, that, that very well could be a reason why I recovered as long as well as the other hundred dollars of things that I got. At COVID. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I don't go to the doctors currently, um, but I do have a regiment for if I start feeling ill, I spend just as much as I would on health insurance probably. And I go get all the greens, leafy greens, all the elderberry, all the orange juice, all kombucha, nice. uh, kefir, so I spend entirely too much at the grocery store bawling out to make sure my body has absolutely everything it could need so that it heals like way quicker than it typically would, which it was taking me a couple weeks to get over the flu previously. Do you get ginger? I did get ginger. Good, good. That's, that's on the list. Yeah. Um, I like making this ginger tea. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's like a gin I can't remember it's been a while since I made it but uh, ginger lemon oh, what else? honey is it apple cider vinegar oh nice that's very cleansing that's that sounds very good for the body nice like my body wants that right now that sounds really good oh yeah it's really good for you yeah we used to um What's Did you up? Drink water. Did you just drink water? Close enough. Wine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here finishing off my bone broth. My, my water bottle. Like ah, oh man. That's anyway. What were you saying? Well, first I'm gonna say that when you like messaged me saying that you're gra- gonna grab something warm, I was like, ah, oh, I should have some tea. I'm like, ah, oh, there's some Shiraz right beside me. It's good enough. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because I ta- I said that and then I said ah, I do have that harm kombucha I have like an alcoholic kombucha in the fridge that I've just been kind of sitting around on I could no I told him I said it was warm so <laughs> easiest thing to eat bone broth <laughs> fine I respect your follow through <laughs> thank you but yeah my, my, my Filipina aunt she um like whenever the, anyone had any type of ailment she'd be like ah have some ginger tea and um the, the, this past holiday like she she already passed away and we were all together at her house with my uncle and my cousins um mm-hmm. and so when my cousins showed up like the day after christmas um the youngest boy wasn't feeling well and we're like and like the girls start making jokes like ah it's covid and like he was like feeling miserable and then other kids started having like mm-hmm. side effects and so i'm like i'm gonna make us all some ginger tea to like honor my aunt you know <laughs> It's like chopped yeah. it up. It was, it was good. Awesome. It didn't it didn't stop the COVID though. Uh, no, we all got it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a stop that counts, you know. It was honoring your aunt, and that's she. She was very happy about that. Not the COVID part, but she was happy about how you honored her. I'm sure. <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> oh my goodness. If you... How uh, may I ask something about your aunt? Of course. Were you, you were around her in her last moments? Were you around her when she passed on? I wasn't around her when she passed on. I was like around her when she was pretty much like on her deathbed. It was really, it was really beautiful. Um, And you and I have talked about like just going with the flow of things and like trusting the process or the universe. And um, yeah, like random on father's day, I, I felt compelled to leave Mississippi and go visit my uncle and my aunt. And so I was obedient and I went and I just 
went there and I was, I was down to spend my time with her until she passed, but I was led back to Virginia for a while. Um, and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to leave the country until she moved on. I knew the funeral was going to be in Norfolk. So I knew that I was in Norfolk until she passed away. Although I was still trying to follow through on these plans that I had set for myself. Um, But I, um, so ultimately Mm -hmm. she passes away that October and um, I do what she asked of me to do for her funeral, which was to read um, this like scripture. Um, But yeah, I got to spend like, some of her final days with her and um, counsel her to like be prepared for the end, you know? And um, mm-hmm. it was, how was that? You want to, can you talk a little bit about that? I'm, I've, I'm always interested. I I'm really intrigued with people who have the capacity to be around someone to counsel them into this next part sure. of their life. So it's intriguing. Yeah. I, um, I, I mean, I have the the benefit of, Whenever I, I, I see someone or receive them, I just see them as who they are and I don't see them as who they once were or remember them from the past, just in their present state. That's how I see people. And so when I walked in and saw that my aunt was like completely different on her deathbed, I'm like, God, oh, that's just who she is right now. You know, I wasn't like missing anything about her. But um, um, there were moments when she would be like crying out to God to like bring her home you know, and then, and I, and I I typically try to meet people where they are Mm -hmm. in their faith and their religion, no matter what religion they are, I meet them where they are. And so I'm like, well, because you're, well, clearly like your God isn't ready for you to come home yet because he's, you're still here. So there's something left for you to do. And don't just, don't just like beg him to bring you home just because like you're, you're tired of being here because you're in pain, you know, like if, if, if you believe in your God, then surely he has something else in store for you to do, you know, like you're not done yet. Um, but just having your like come to terms with death mm-hmm. and like laying some things to rest and being able to mend some relationships with her, um, her daughters. Um, uh, and it, it, it was definitely my closest experience with death. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hadn't really ever been close to anyone that was dying or, been like emotionally close to someone that was passing away because like she her and my cousins were the cousins that watched me when my dad was working as a single father so she'd always been around she was always there for the holidays I was in my summers with her and so um she was she considers me a son because they they never had a son and so she was a mother to me Mm -hmm. so um does that answer the question Mm Yeah, that's beautiful. I, yeah, that's really beautiful. I, I just, yeah, <laughs> thanks, beautiful. thanks, thanks. <laughs> it's beautiful. It takes a lot of strength for to be around somebody who is transitioning. Uh, and it takes even more strength to be able to meet them where they are because that's the only place that you can meet someone when they're transitioning from life to death. You can't, you can't mm-hmm. expect or want them to be anywhere else except for where they are. Right. So it takes someone to really understand and be willing to do the work with them and for them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And so it's, it's, it shows a lot of strength that you were able to be there for her and counsel her in a way. And that's really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. Like I, I, I was honored to do so and I felt compelled to go there and do it. So it was effortless. I think that's the most beautiful thing. I, 
I haven't dealt with <clears throat> death. I I have this over like this looming like thought that I'm I'm eventually we're all gonna have to deal with a lot of death. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, at some point. And a lot of people are dealing with death a lot earlier nowadays. Um, mm-hmm. My siblings, my younger mm-hmm. siblings, are, have dealt with deaths of their friends, and um, and that, that's something that I never dealt with growing up. Um, but I also have good friends that are I just feel like constantly dealing with death or sicknesses, illnesses that are leading to death, whether it be cancer and whatnot, um, and. I had a, I had a friend that I became friends with and had just a quick friendship with because he was a contractor and I was introduced to him by my good friend um, who was close with him as well. Mm-hmm. And he was just in the Virginia area when I was there for just a couple of months and he moved away to Atlanta actually wow. um, to continue a job there. And he visited once for Thanksgiving. He did this, drove through the night and visited. It was me and a group of people that he had met in Virginia while he was there. And we had a great time. And that was uh, the last time I saw him because he overdosed in Atlanta and died in Atlanta. Wow. Um, but he also had chronic issues with his back and had issues who's had a lot of different back surgeries Mm -hmm. and um he was very close to like getting help or getting the top one of the top surgeons in the world to like help him out before he overdosed um but that was one of the quickest friendships and the closest i've been to someone who died um and since then, because I, I wasn't as close as my good girlfriend was to him, mm-hmm. um, she's still in the grieving process. For sure. This is, it's coming up on his second anniversary of his death. Um, but I don't know, I just see it as he was such an amazing guy that it, it almost felt like he knew that he wasn't going to be here for very long. Mm-hmm. Um, it almost because of how he navigated his life, he was just constantly trying to not over overdo things, but he worked a lot. And when he wasn't working, he wanted to experience a lot. He wanted to create these memories. And it wasn't that we thought he wanted to create memories. He would verbally say, these are the most (laughs) amazing memories, guys. This is, this is what life is about. It's these memories. I'm never going to forget this moment. And he would just say things like that. And, so when he died, it was very difficult for me to not accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, when my friend who's closer with him is still grieving, is still having a hard time accepting things and accepting that he's not here anymore, I have the opportunity to see exactly where he was yeah. when I met him and... I'm so grateful for the time that I had with him. I can't even be upset that he's not here anymore because he taught me so much. We only knew each other for six months. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was just a beautiful, beautiful human and a really unfortunate death. But 
is just so beautiful and I just everything surrounding it all the memories and everything I think it's death is a terrible thing but it's also in my opinion one of the most beautiful things and I have a hard time being upset about it you know it's a it's a thing in life that everyone has to go through unfortunately and the sooner we can accept that the sooner we can live life to the fullest and be there for people as they transition I, I agree a thousand percent with that. I think that we focus way too much on how linear life is and like dread death to the point where we obsess over it or we fear it or we consider it to be something so negative that we stop fully existing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really it's really sad and disheartening seeing how I mean everyone's process is their own process you can't Mm -hmm. tell someone to stop grieving you can't tell someone to get over it because you have to it's their process (laughs) it's so personal it's so personal because death in itself is personal to the person dying but it's also it's a personal experience for the people who are close to that person who they're losing um i agree i didn't i didn't uh I didn't understand death at all until that happened. I was super uh, ungrateful, not even ungrateful. I was, I was not sympathetic, empathetic. I was just selfish about mm-hmm. death. I, I started dating someone when his mom died, just around the time that his mom died. And mm-hmm. I was so bitter the whole time because of how he was grieving and mm. I just didn't even understand it. Um, so it's crazy how our brains shift and we're, and we realize like, ah, oh, okay, well, this is a huge thing in life. And it <laughs> doesn't matter how long it, someone could be grieving for 10 years. That's their process. And the most we can do is be there for them and try to help them accept what life is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, like I, I grew up in like um like the Black Baptist Church, and so it, it's really fascinating because they will make it a homegoing service, like a celebration, like rejoicing, you know, like ah, oh, like they're they're going home to like be with their heavenly Father, you know, I'm like that's mm-hmm. what was like I don't know like woven into me, and so I, I was always confused as to like why people were mourning or even fearing death if they believed in something greater or they believed that they were like going to meet their creator, like why they were so sad. As in the people who were dying, you, you weren't understanding why they were sad or you weren't understanding why the people were sad or grieving. Like, why the, I guess what the grievers. And I guess ultimately I realized that I guess not having those people in your life anymore and having to like no longer have those experiences mm-hmm. and missing them. I didn't learn how to miss people till like my twenties. I don't even know if I know how to miss people. <laughs> I, I, uh, I think it's a, a defense mechanism, mm-hmm. um, in a way, uh, or possibly like extract, not extravagant, but, um, ultimate like acceptance of where I am. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's negative or not. Cause I think I miss people a lot and I was in, I stayed in really toxic friendships and relationships a lot because I 
dwelled a lot on past experiences yeah. instead of just letting them be what they are. Um, and so I try not to miss people. I try to just appreciate it for what it was and what it is and the memories, the good memories. And then I just kind of like flush out bad memories or chalk it up to what I learned out of those bad experiences or, you know, possibly bad experiences. Um, but yeah, I, I try my very hardest to not miss people because I tend to not be in the present when that happens. Mm-hmm. And I try really, I, I get really disassociated with things and I get really sad when I'm not present. So yeah, it's all kind of linked together. <laughs> I, I, I completely feel that. And I actually just, I just told my father this um, the day that I hung out with him this week. Um, uh, I, I told him that him and my mother conditioned me to detach from a very young age because like my mother left when I was five and he was a single father so he was away working and so I just got used to people leaving you know and um I just got used to like yeah they leave like everyone ultimately leaves you know and so like when people are like oh I miss you I feel so awkward because I don't know how to honestly and genuinely reciprocate it Mm. I'm like, you're not like you sitting in a corner like oh my god I miss this person so much I can't live without them like you don't want to lie about it <laughs> right 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 I'm like I um I'll probably see you later like I don't miss you but I hope right. that you're well <laughs> right right that's great that's actually a good response like oh I hope you're doing well how what is up <laughs> and my, my, honestly like my default response is probably way less pretty I'm like I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I can totally see that. I'm here if you ever want to hang out. <laughs> right, right. I'm, here. I'm, right, I'm right here. Here I am. I'm here. <laughs> uh, especially with how the world is. I I just feel like it's, or not I just, I feel like <laughs> in the society that we're at now, unless someone is dead, I feel like it's difficult for me to miss them because there are so many avenues mm-hmm. in order to catch up with people. Like right now we're right. just audio. Like I, I was, I'm happy I didn't do my makeup cause I was like really worried that someone might see me in my dishevel- disheveled um, appearance. But there's so many different methods you have. You have phone calls, FaceTimes, Facebook, and like it's just so much. And so I find it difficult to miss people. I get, I get overstimulated when I'm on social media or when someone is texting me too often. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't, I guess I don't understand how people can miss people so much unless they're actually physically not on this earth anymore. Right. It's, it's definitely a misunderstanding that I, I should, I need to sympathize better and I need to understand it better. Do I need to? Do you need to? <sighs> I don't want to because I'm happy with not missing people, but I need to, (laughs) I feel like I write people off or I'm not a very good listener sometimes. And I would like to get better because I, with, with growing up and different friendships and people in my life, people, other people have been honest and, have been able to have these tough conversations with me and then like, no, you, you kind of wrote me off on that. And this this was important to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's also these conversations where 
I don't need to understand, but I can accept that other humans have these emotions and these feelings. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. I had to decide that I had to like, um, in the same way that I mentioned earlier that I, um, I just see people in their present state and I don't like really reminisce on who they were or anything like that, that I had to like start letting myself see my dad, like all of my dad and like who my dad was and like allowing myself to not only remember those old times, but to like let myself miss those old days. Mm-hmm. Which is difficult because okay. I, I've spent years to try I, I used to get stuck in a mental loop um and which caused anxiety depression anger i didn't know that happening. i just thought i was thinking about things i thought i was an overthinker right, right. Um, when really i think the issue was I was just getting kind of stuck in memories mm-hmm. and not being present it's really easy to lose yourself when you're not with yourself presently. Um, and so I definitely understand that. Are you cooking something right now? Uh, yeah, my, my, my friend Kyla, she just asked me to um, make some more rice. Oh, yeah. The water's coming on for a moment. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. I just had someone call me and I shut off the sound for a second okay um i was gonna put my phone on do not disturb and i was like no 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 one's gonna bother me (laughs) (laughs) so random i've I've gotten way too good at just not noticing or caring about the phone calls or messages that i receive you don't care about say that again i've gotten way too good at not noticing or caring like the phone calls or messages that i receive like oh maybe i'll reply to that later maybe i will maybe i will that's that's what i do and then two weeks later (laughs) i'm like oh no i had intentionally Mm -hmm. wanted to respond to that and i didn't right uh it's so communication is so weird i'm kind i'm just in a battle with myself on how much i want to communicate how much i want to because of so much is social media right now. Right. And it's very competitive, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, there's too many people in the world. I mean, there's enough. There's, there's just enough people in the world. <laughs> there's too many. We're overpopulated, right? <laughs> <laughs> there's not enough niches on social media for me to, to thrive. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, can you take a moment to talk about being a flow specialist? Yes. Um, I like that you gave me the title flow specialist um, because that's the last part of my biography that I added mm-hmm. because I was, I wrote the bio and I said, oh, this is, this is great. This is the best thing I've ever written. And then I realized that I left a huge part of my life mm-hmm, out of it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I'm happy that I got to add to it. Um, so flow. So a flow specialist, I would, I would describe it as someone who just on a regular basis moves their body, possibly with props, without props. Anyone can be a flow, a flower, a, a flowy a flow specialist. Um, 
and let's see, I, I started my flow experience when uh, a good friend of mine, she hula hoops and she had been, she has this led hoop and she would always be playing around whenever we would hang out. And, um, this was the year. I don't know how, how much I can talk about on this podcast. Um, <laughs> you can talk how, about anything you want to talk about. How, how personal or how, whatever it might be, but it's, it, it's all part of, uh, why I started flowing. So a lot of people, when they see someone with a hula hoop or led lights or poi, um, or a dragon staff or whatever it might be, or just kind of being authentic and moving to music. A lot of times they associate that with festivals and or drugs. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> um, unfortunately, cause I think that's really sad. Even, even though that is the case, I feel like a lot of people, um, a lot of, I, I would think that the good flow artists are not constantly messed up on different sorts of drugs because you are training your brain. And even though there are things that could assist in helping that connection between brain and body, um, as far as like catching on to a move or whatnot, it doesn't you don't always need to be on psychedelics or something um, in order to flow. And I learned this because um, I was just getting out of a pretty negative relationship with drugs. Um, Not like long-term or anything. I was just experimenting and I probably wasn't in the best mental or physical state at all. Uh, this was before I was regularly moving. Um, I hate exercising. I hate organized exercise. And so I like to find things that will get me outside. I like to find things that are unconventional and can get me to exercise and breathe and move in ways that are not going to a gym and lifting weights. Like I really hate that. So I, the same friend who had a hula hoop, she, um, share she had a conversation with me one day i had just started a remote job i was in the i was in my house just for hours and hours not going outside not moving a whole lot and she encouraged me to just get up and take a walk for 10 minutes every day so that i can get out and i'm i can move she saw that it was mentally taxing with this new job trying to learn things and also covid was starting to creep around so the country was starting to shut down. People were being more uh, recluse. They, I, I wanted to be a hermit. So I started, um, I started hooping uh, whenever I hung out with this friend. And we were hanging out a lot. So I got a lot of opportunity to do that. And I just started craving movement. I started watching videos of hula hoopers and flow artists and just being completely boggled on how they were able to get this prop to move around on and near their body in the way that they were doing it it seemed like it was just magic and the only and the only reason they are able to do that is because of the practice that they do you can't just be a good hula hooper <laughs> um you, it doesn't really come naturally even though it does seem like it to some people it does take practice it takes practice 
getting your body and your brain to talk to each other and do what you want it to do. Um, so I, around COVID time, so this is about two years ago, I went away to an Airbnb for a month to just breathe and talk to myself and get, get space from everyone and everything. So I stayed in the mountains in North Carolina in an Airbnb and I did not have one flow toy. I did not have a hula hoop. I did not have anything. I would just listen to music all day long on my phone while working. And, Mm -hmm. um, and I would just be saving all these songs like, Oh, this is a perfect song to flow to. This is, this would be great. Um, and I had, I was going crazy cause I had this great space to hula hoop and I didn't have a hula hoop. So as soon as I got back from this, this little, um, getaway, I ordered some, some hula hoops online and uh, I started making that more of a regular thing, which this was summer of 2020. So COVID was, you know, this was months after we were supposed to go back to normal, normal. Right, right, right. <laughs> like a year after those two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I just, it's, it's something flow arts is something that I can activate and deactivate whenever I want. Anytime I'm having a rough time mentally, anytime mm-hmm. I need a break from work, anytime I'm feeling a song, um, Anytime I feel uninspired or stuck, I'll just pick up. I, I now have, I now have hula hoops and I have a dragon staff, which you light up on fire, which is a whole, sick. whole different so world sick. and lovely. Yeah, it's it's absolutely just, it's very challenging, but I I really love it. I, again, I hate the gym, so it's something mm-hmm. that challenges me and is beautiful and, um, it's it's also inspiring to others. Uh, the flow. The flow community is very accepting and I, a lot of, there's a lot of people online that have never met each other in person. They are inspired every day by one another. Yeah. And I really like the community. This is it's something that I haven't really experienced. Just a lot of encouragement. Even if you're new, um, there's people who, who will encourage you. And um, someone's always willing to let you try out a prop. Um, so there's a lot of things that I have bought for myself that I had friends or people that I didn't even know that let me try out their props before putting money into it. Um, but the biggest thing with being a flow specialist would be the, the benefits that it has on my mind and my body. Um, I, I can definitely say that I had a disconnect between my abilities and this is something that I'm overcoming right now just constantly like you're not good enough you can't do that (laughs) you're not you don't have the ability to do this or that like it's these these minimizing thoughts that a lot of people tell themselves Mm -hmm. um those are the thoughts that you directly fight when you're working on these these flowy kind of even if you're just dancing or have a hula hoop, you know, you're not going to get, you're not going to improve in the way that you want to improve. If you're sitting there and saying, I'm never going to get this move. And Agreed. I'm not good enough. Like, so it's definitely helped with my positive thought patterns. I have 
a lot less negative thoughts um, when flowing and around flowing. Um, but yeah, it's, I think lastly, it's just, um, there's not a lot of males that do it, that do flow art, even though there are like a lot, you just primarily see a lot of women. Mm -hmm. you, you do see some men, but um, I think flowing has taught me how to support other females and just yeah. other humans in general. But I never, I feel like now I can see someone like park in a parking spot properly. And I can be like, yes, girl, that was amazing. <laughs> That's like, yeah. I would have never, I would have never gone out of my way to encourage someone or give them positive feedback. And I feel like flow arts has helped me be more encouraging to other people and be less negative, more positive. Brilliant. And mm -hmm. I think part of that is that like, the better that you love yourself, the more capable, capable, capable you are of loving others, you know? Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's very true. Very true. Um, I didn't ever think I didn't love myself, but I definitely did not love myself for a while. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Loving yourself is the first step to anything. I know that sounds cliche, but um, it's true. You can't, you can't love anyone else if you absolutely abhor yourself and you can't stand looking at yourself. Like where do you even pull the love, encouragement and inspiration from if you're trying to give it to someone you can't, it has to be inside of you first and foremost. Can you say that one more time? Oh goodness. Yes. Um, where the first step to, Loving anyone else is first loving yourself, even though that sounds cliche, um, because you cannot pull inspiration, encouragement, and something else from nothing. Like, it has to be inside of yourself first in order to give it to anyone else. Right. I think that's what it was. <laughs> Sweet. Good. <laughs> but yeah. Did that explain flow specialty? Do you have any questions about this? I feel I don't, like I, you, <laughs> I feel you like explained it very, very well. And it totally makes sense. Um, and it, and it, and it resonates and, uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, it's nice to, cause I, cause we used to dance together. You and I, hey, yeah, yeah. you, you are one of my, I, I, I call you sensei typically because you were my first like dance teacher, you know, like you taught me how to move my hips. Only because I had just learned how to move my hips. I, <laughs> I had some club days and I was like, wait, this is what people want to see if the hips moving, right? Um, I suppose. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I try not to go into clubs nowadays. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm getting anxious just at the thought of it. <laughs> just, <laughs> I'm, I'm literally clutching my chest right now. <laughs> I might just balled up because I'm just thinking about I'm thinking about like tall heels and how that's like the stereotypical. That's how you have to dress as a woman to go out to a club, which right, right. I never understood that. I always had my shoes. Yeah. I had my shoes in my hands. That's why when we, when I started dancing, I found blues dancing and swing dancing with, which people just go to go get some kids. Mm -hmm. and, right. Uh, <laughs> And the more worn out the shoe is, the better, which I had so many worn mm -hmm. out shoes. I knew exactly how to dance in worn out shoes. 
Um, but it was cool to be involved in a dance community, uh, grow apart from that, just as, as I grew and different responsibilities in life came up and find another creative outlet because I'm not, I don't think naturally I'm a very, I don't, I don't, I wasn't born like a painter. And mm-hmm. so I, I feel like I'm <clears throat> frustrated a lot with not finding creative things to do. So it's yeah, really yeah. cool to have something else, not dance, but something else to kind of fill that movement part of my life. And flow arts is, is beautiful. And it's, and it's great for social anxiety. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't realize I had social anxiety until a couple of years ago. And now someone can't be up in your face talking to you if you have a hoop going around your body. <laughs> Literal it's, buffer and barrier. People have tried it, and I'm just like, ah, sorry for hitting your nose, but you probably shouldn't have been near me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, but no, it's it's as long as the only thing is that I wish there was music just constantly. I I kind of want to continue. I want to somehow figure out how to have music playing in my head when there's mm-hmm. no music going because. It's very difficult to flow without music for me. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's a very immersive experience. The that's why it's called a flow. Um, someone can someone can really get into their flow, and it's almost like uh, kind of a blurry world kind of a thing where you're the only thing that exists, and all of your moves are working together and with you. Mm-hmm. And I, that's at least how I would define flow. Um, and so that's where flow specialist or a flower comes in is um, you're, you're not always in your flow, but when you are, it's really beautiful and it feels really, really good. Nice. Yeah. Like in contrary to you, I, um, I, I wasn't born a dancer or someone that could like express themselves like through like their body or mechanics. Like I was dragged to blues because a, a girl <laughs> that I liked brought me there, you know? <laughs> And like, I was very awkward as you saw like my first year or so. And I was like, no one believes me, but in my church, right? Like in the church choir, I had no rhythm. Like old ladies would lock arms with me so I could sway properly. Like my mom (laughs) in the audience would move her head from side to side to help me like keep pace and stay like on track. Yeah. Yeah. And then a, a year or three after blues, it's like black history month. And I, th- this lady from Nigeria is like teaching a dance down front. And I, ha- I have a little bit of confidence now. And so like I go down front and I start like doing the dance. The church service stops. <laughs> and they're like, look what God has done. Larry has rhythm. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that totally went into a different. I, I, for a second, I didn't know the time frame. And I was like, wait, was this before or after rhythm? Um, Wow. They put the spotlight right on you, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and so I'm like, <clears throat> and so when I have like students these days and they're like, oh, you're black, you can dance. I'm like, you don't understand. <laughs> like, no. I, I work for this like anyone else. Like, I, I, I've been where you are, which is why I want to help you find confidence and like freedom within your body. So it's a beautiful thing to have. Mm-hmm. I, I distinctly remember when I moved away from Virginia Beach the first time um, mm-hmm. and I moved to Richmond. And, um, you came up to me. I didn't realize how you, I didn't realize your, 
I just didn't realize how you danced previously. It was just how you danced. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that was your, that was your style. And you and a couple friends were at my apartment and you went and I want to say that you said dance with me or you asked to dance or you went and put your arm around me to dance with me. Mm-hmm. And something felt really, really, really strange. Like I felt very supported, but <laughs> that was strange to me. And mid, I want to say it was midway. I don't think it, we made it all the way to the end, but midway through the dance, you asked if I had noticed anything. And I was like, well, yeah, I, I feel something is different. And you said, yeah, I have posture now. <laughs> I have... <laughs> and in that instant, I realized that between the time that I had last seen you and danced with you to this time, you had a backbone that I had never felt in my entire life before. <laughs> <laughs> and and that was that was years and years ago. But you did not. You used to dance slouch and you used to dance very small. Mm-hmm. And now you dance with every like bone, every muscle. You really, you really take up space, and it's not a bad thing. Thank you. Know? you. I'm, 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 I'm glad. I'm honored. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I have posture. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I can't think of anything else you would have said. I'm pretty sure that you said <laughs> that something about posture. Out. <laughs> I have like videos of it or a picture of you dancing <laughs> with someone's like head on your shoulder. And I'm like, man, he's really straight. He's straight up. <laughs> uh, we have some great memories. We do. We do. Remember my first swing lesson when like I was literally dragged out of the elevator by Amy? Yeah, that was all of us were wanting to cry. We were all crying on the inside. That was scary. That was scary. like in a different room. Like the elevator doors closed, and I didn't know how else to get out of the room. There were no windows. Agreed. And she's like, "Oh, you can do this." I'm like, "But I can't, though." You're like, but I've never done a dance class in my life for swing dancing. This is intermediate, so there's right. a lot of flailing of legs. I feel like it was um, Charleston. Was it, 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 was, it was it was Lindy Hop. I, it, it was, was swing it? outs. It was swing out variations. Oh, the swing outs. <laughs> <laughs> Those, I think I might still have nightmares of the swing outs because I, I did a couple workshops. We used to do workshops and go travel. I, did you travel much with, I can't remember how many out of town kind of events you were able to go to. I... I, I went to one, I went to like my first, technically I had my first album too. I went to two recently, like well before the pandemic. I went to a blues one in DC and then Brickyard Blues in Atlanta. Yeah, we never traveled anywhere together. No. We stayed local. We went to the Dirt Cheap Blues ones, which were cool. And the yes. Virginia Beach Lindy Exchange at um, Pembroke. <laughs> in the mall? Yeah. <laughs> Before I could actually dance and I was just like running back and forth. Yeah. Can you imagine someone who like isn't very confident? And this is talking for you and I both, but like on cold tile floor trying to dance between like Hot Topic and Victoria's Secret. (laughs) You're trying not to swing out through the doors of the mall. Like, Good times. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
life is very long. I can't imagine getting to 80 years old and looking back on my life. I should probably start journaling (laughs) (laughs) so I don't forget things. Just start a blog. I know. I need to. (laughs) No pressure, but just do it. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure, but you should really do that. (laughs) I mean, you want to do it. I want you to do it. The world needs you to do it. Again, no pressure. (laughs) Uh, I know. You know what really stops me on the whole making a blog thing is it's it's really worked for everything except for Instagram. I'm now finding more inspiration with Instagram. But the blog thing, something really stops me on that. I'm actually finding a new blog. I don't ever know how to actually type it. There's like several ways to type it, and you can use any like space to do it. You know. Um, no, I think I need to get out of my head about trying to be influential. Like trying to, I think we all get stuck in our like, what's my niche? Mm-hmm. What's going to bring in as many people as possible when that's, you know, that that's not how things work. Like right. people come into your life and people will start following you and taking things from what you say because of, because of the universe. It's not, it's not in your power. <laughs> um, but yeah, I should just start a blog. Yeah. Just start and just talk or like type as if you already know them or if you're typing to your friends, you know, like just keep it, casual yeah i i did want to i did want to say one thing speaking of casual super casual um so before uh last year at some point i think i might have mentioned this to you i'm not sure i said that before or by the time i turned 30 or for my 30th birthday i would like to do a stand-up comedy nice um just because i think i'm funny and i just want to like see if other people think i'm funny Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, uh, I just, uh, kind of got in contact with, uh, a, the cidery. I think I told you about that. Uh, yeah, that's a, exciting. A possible second job. Yeah. And the day that I talked to the, uh, hiring manager, they, the cidery posted an open mic night for yes. tomorrow, which is a bit short notice. <laughs> <laughs> and a bit before my 30th birthday. Um, Perfect. Do it. But I've had this like idea of like the story and the like how humorous the story could be. So I've just been kind of jotting things down on my phone and kind of thinking about how I'm going to present it. Because there is a $500 prize for that thing. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. If, uh, I'm going to try my best to get there tomorrow night. Wouldn't that be a great gift to yourself, like having that 500 and also just the experience itself, you know? I think I've I've thought about how serendipitous it would be if I pushed myself to do this, regardless of how uncomfortable I am. Yeah. Just do it and then win the 500. I mean, I did. (laughs) I've been learning that the first time is just practice for when it really matters, you know? Yeah, I've heard that as well. That it's you're just practicing your stuff. Um, I'm I'm thinking about talking about um, how I'm not artistic, but making a joke about it. It's gonna be great, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna include some family, which is always a proud thing. I'm excited to hear it or see it. Yeah, I, I, I if I if I do it, I'm gonna record it because it's gonna be a monumental moment for me. <laughs> it's gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna so good. Feel, 
I'm going to feel like my entire life was brought to this moment um, with the speech therapy classes and the public speaking class at TCC. Like, <laughs> It's funny that you mentioned public speaking because I took public speaking and then I, so I'm like, I'm well aware of those, those pauses and those word fillers that we shouldn't be doing that I somehow slipped back into. Yeah, maybe I need to like open up the comedy skit with talking about filler words and have the crowd be like, eh, every time I have a filler word in my story. Ah, uh, yeah, like if it's a bar, um, tell them to like go get a fresh drink and every time that you um, say um or one of those filler words, take a sip and you'll do it yes. too. Yes, yes, that's so good. I might actually do that because everyone loves crowd involvement, right? Right, 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 right. Okay, because it's going to be at a cidery, so make sure you have Even your cider. And then they'll want you back because, you know, you're helping them raise their liquor sales. Oh, my gosh. This cider is so sales. brilliant. Thank you so much for this idea. I mean, I use it for when I'm doing music. <laughs> Wait, you tell people to take a sip every time you say, um, while singing? It, it's slightly different. I have a lot of water metaphors in my songs. So I'm like, every time you hear something pertaining to water, take a sip. Mm. Waterfall, then. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, that's amazing. Yes, we've we've been doing this for a while. We could talk forever. We haven't talked in a while. Fair, fair. I guess we can begin to wrap it up by wrapping it up. I would like for you to um, say something that you would like the world to know. Oh, I love that question. Good. I love podcasts so much. <laughs> I hope you like this one. <laughs> <laughs> I do. So far, so good. Good, good, um, good. Something that I want the world to know. About, in general, about myself. Does it matter? Now you need it. Okay. Hmm. Ooh, this is a good one. Okay, I got it. So something that I want the world to know is how important it is to not compare yourself in every single way. So if that means that you're sitting on your couch and you feel like you're not doing enough with your life because someone else is doing more or someone else is on a trip or someone else knows more people than you, that's very minimizing a negative thing to be putting on yourself and comparison creeps in in every moment of every day if you're not constantly having your brain trained to kind of push it out and know that you are enough and what you're doing is enough and you'll do what you need to do when you need to do it and sitting there and comparing yourself to others and others accomplishments and progress and what they're doing will only lead to negative results rather than the positive that you want. That's really good. Thank you. Thank you. I've been thinking on that a little bit because because we like to compare ourselves to everyone. We We do. We're taught to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, sweet. Well, thank you so very much for um, hanging out with me. Thank you thank you for having me anytime like come back and let's talk soon if you have someone that you want to talk with you can bring them or we can just catch up when you feel like telling the world something else okay i'll i'll think on some things that um that i want to talk about because there's so much to talk about and you're such there a is. great 
podcast host. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for etching out time for me um, and give me a platform to speak and just kind of catch up. I really appreciate it. Anytime. It's been beautiful. I appreciate it. Indeed. I hope you have a fantastic rest of your night and your rice comes out beautifully. Thank you. I hope you have a great night too. And I love you. I love you too. Have a great night. I think I already said that, but still do it. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Have a beautiful rest of your week. How about that? (laughs) Good. Yes, that. Ditto. All right. Love you, Joshua. Love you too. Take care. All right. right. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. And if you guys would like to find out more about Angela or follow her on Instagram, uh, her handle is flowfulnomad. So that's flow, F-L-O-W, full, F-U-L, nomad, N-O-M-A-D. No spaces, no underlines, just flowful nomad. And if you go to my website, leave it to joshua.com and uh, click the podcast link, there will be a page where you can find her and all of her resources as well. So thanks for listening. Peace and love, and I will talk to you soon.